0: Welcome to the Canadian Real Estate Investor, where hosts Daniel Foch and Nick Hill navigate the market and provide the tools and insights to build your real estate portfolio. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Canadian Real Estate Investor Podcast. I am real estate broker and real estate investor Daniel Foch. My name is Nick Hill. I'm a mortgage agent and a
1: real estate investor and lucky enough to be the co-host of this podcast every Tuesday and Friday.
0: And today is a special episode. We're going to be referencing one of our favorite episodes, episode 66, the 18-step process to buying your first investment property. And what we're going to do is we're going to crack that open and kind of granularly examine some of these steps. So today, we're going to be talking about the steps of networking, creating a network in the real estate industry. And we're also going to be looking at the steps of educating yourself in the real estate industry. And in a lot of cases, going to events – Events is the big topic here is a way to do both of those things at the same time. So let's say congratulations. You have decided to attend a live event because the global pandemic is over and you plan to do some networking at this event. This could be a conference, a meetup, a seminar, a course, or literally just a good old fashioned networking event. You get to the event, your heart is racing. You prepped for this, but you still feel nervous. I've been there before. You know, maybe your palms
1: are sweaty, you're walking and your knees weak and your arms feel heavy ideally you weren't at your mom's place last night eating spaghetti <laughs> mom's spaghetti yeah i, I see mean, what you
0: did there now that song gonna be just playing i'm, I'm sorry for everybody for else that episode.
1: has now has that song played in their head but it's true right i mean you've you know i've literally my job as a business development uh when i was back in my corporate days was to literally network on a professional level every event i, I was at and i did it all the time. You would just
0: lose yourself <laughs> in the networking. Okay, that's good. It's funny. I gotta go to the <laughs> I gotta go good. to the gym after this, so this is like a good little pre-workout um, for me. But yeah, no, Dan's right. Today we're talking
1: about education and networking, and we've actually got uh, a really cool little fifteen-minute interview we that we did that will slot in kind of closer to the end of this episode with a gentleman from one of the largest real estate networking uh what am i looking Uh, yeah
0: i guess number again education education exactly yeah in in the country maybe even the world yeah so urban land institute yeah and you you guys all know that we we have them on here i'm sure you've heard them on the ads um and we've been we've been promoting their spring meeting both nick and i are going to be there we look forward to to going to it and we hope that our listeners are there as well and we do have a code i think that uh if you if you it's, it's you know it's a pretty high ticket event but it is big it's long it's there's a lot of Big people in the industry going to it. Uh, If you use the code TCI at checkout, it'll save you 150 bucks off of the pass. And uh, we're also going to be at the Missing Middle Conference uh, later in the month, May 25th. So spring meeting, I think is the 18th to the 21st and Missing Middle Conference is the 25th. So busy event for the world of real estate and networking. Yeah, it's networking season, baby. Anyways, let's dive right
1: in here, Dan. We've got a quick piece, reminder on education. Then I want to get into networking. And then we've got 17 things to remember for when you're at your next networking event. Then we'll get to the interview with Billy, and then we'll probably call it. Okay. So get me started on education here. So obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, congratulations. You are educating yourself. You are already doing it. But the thing about education is you don't just do it and stop, right? You don't just do high school or university and be like, good, I'm educated now. If you are in anything and if you are passionate about anything, you know that that education does not stop. Things in real estate and construction and mortgages are always changing and always evolving, which means you need to be changing and evolving with those things. So books, videos, courses, podcasts are all great ways to get that information. There's so much amazing free or almost free information that you should be taking advantage of. And then when you get to that point where you've consumed so much of that free information, then it's time to start paying for that next level of information and implementation and paying for networking events because that is where you're going to go and meet these other people that are doing the same things as you.
0: It's funny, you know, like we are literally learning every day. I think it was Albert Einstein who said, the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know. And I think kind of when you get into this world, when you crack it open, you, you build this like thirst for more and more knowledge. Like I, I really do. I've said this a couple of times, like one of my goals in life is like, even at one point, like at the peak in my life to be like, among the most knowledgeable people in real estate in the world. I feel like it's like almost an achievable goal, but I'd say you're it's almost big, there. Yeah. And like for, for professionals in the industry, this is, you know, staying up to date to serve our clients. Well, for investors, it's making sure that you have a bit of a competitive advantage or a competitive edge. So you can outperform the market. And also like for us, it's a big part of putting on this podcast and educating our listeners. Um, but y- if you can go out there and get education, utilize as much of it as you can, it will give you the confidence to go to the next step, which is networking. And that's a big piece in getting good deals, getting better deals, doing deals, kind of creating that momentum where you've now immersed yourself in the world. You've, you've built that base of education. You want to go out and share the information and talk, speak the same language with other people in the industry. And then I think from there you start really, really catching on and executing deals, right? If you're out there at events, you're seeing other people who are successful in real estate, talking to them, networking with them. The next thing is like, you're going to, it's contagious. You're going to get from osmosis. You're going to get a deal out of it. You're going to do a deal from that.
1: For sure. I can't stress the importance of a network. And I just came up with this really cool saying it might stick
0: or not, Dan, I don't know. You tell me. This is a nickel original. I can already. (laughs) Your network is your net worth? I'm pretty sure nobody's ever said that before. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. good. Michael Scott might good. have said that once. <laughs> um, It, no, it is interesting though. Like, I think like, you know, a lot of people are like, show me your, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You know, you're a sum of the six people that you spend the most time with. I mean, the podcasting space is not, you know, not uh, short of these anecdotes of the value of surrounding yourself with good, like-minded people. And networking is one of the ways that you can start attracting that. I mean, my friend group now is very much people who I'm transacting with who have very, very similar interests with me that, and we, you know, we constantly are, you know bonding but growing over all of these things because this is our shared interest this is what brought us together so networking i can't stress the importance of this more without networking without having a network you can't really ever achieve that full success trajectory we need other people to to accomplish that level of success
1: yeah totally agree so why don't we jump to 17 things to remember when you're at your next networking event. And guys, I want to be clear, networking doesn't get the typical networking thing out of your head where you're in a suit in a room full of professional people all trying to be on their best behavior and impress everyone. Networking is literally sliding into someone's DMs and asking them for a coffee. Like that is what networking can be. Networking can be whatever you want it to be. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking about it mostly in the context of getting out to events. Uh, how to present yourself, how to get the most from those, and we'll be providing you stories and anecdotes along the way as to how Dan and I have had success through our networking events. So, Dan, why don't you start us off with numero
0: uno here? Sure, this is just general advice as well. Um, be yourself. <laughs> be yourself. You know, um, networking events are meant as a jumping off point for relationship building. And I mean, look, like I'm not a psychologist or expert on relationships by any means. I'm sure, you know, there's ample evidence of that in my, my personal life in the past, but, um, it's usually best not to like fabricate some, some like version of yourself when you're meeting people, like just be chill as Ben Stiller says in the, in the great movie, Starsky and Hutch right after they get in a fight with a bunch of bikers at a biker bar, just be yourself. That's, what's really cool. People can tell People can tell if you're genuine. So just be genuine. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, great advice. You don't want to go in
1: there and be a George Costanza and have everyone thinking you're an architect um, when you're not, right? I mean, just, uh, you know, and that also goes to setting reasonable expectations, both internally and externally input output, which is number two here. When attending an event or getting a coffee, understand what you are there to do. So go in with intention. Don't just show up, you know, maybe there's an open bar, free food, maybe your buddy's going, whatever. Those are all reasons, but go in with an intention, right? Pre plan for a few achievable goals, whether it's a intimate coffee setting. You're like, I want to work for this person. I'm going to get that internship working for this person for free. Or I want to feel out this certain organization, or I want to meet three people, five people, 10 people, or I'm going to target one person to build a meaningful relationship with. If you go in there with targets, with a plan, chances are you're probably going to get a lot closer to achieving those goals than if you just
0: go. For sure. Um, and on that note, don't spread yourself too thin. When you bounce around to too many events where nobody knows you, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice by having to build your brand from scratch in each environment. Remember the goal here is quality, not quantity of relationships. Build a meaningful collection, connection, leave a lasting impression that was a good one actually i accidentally said collection it should be connection not collection you know what i mean there you go um (laughs) you'll find that networking is a lot more fun when you become a regular as well so again quality over quantity you don't want to be like promiscuous of going to all of these events right
1: (laughs) yeah the next one would be take notes and i I don't mean literally be the person walking around with a clipboard and a pen and paper because that's that's a bit weird in certain situations, but if someone gives you their card or if you have a great conversation with someone and they walk away, make a couple of quick notes, you know, whether it's on their family or where they live or something funny that they said that you connected on and use that when you follow up and yes, you need to be following up. Otherwise these connections will just be, Hey, it was great to meet that person. And then, you know, you'll never see or hear from them again because they probably were there networking, meeting a bunch of people as well. So if you're networking correctly immediately after that person leaves, Try to remember their name because I know that's something that everyone, including me, really struggles with. Remember that person's name and put one or two notes in your phone or on their card or whatever as to memorable things. And then when you follow up with that person and reference the fact that you've been to the same cottage or, you know, you've both been on a trip to somewhere or whatever that may be, that little thing that brought you two together. That's a real connection right there. So utilize that. Yeah, I would argue
0: that there's nothing wrong with also like actually having a little notepad too. Like I, I always like it when people like take a literal note. They're like, oh, like, you know, it's a compliment that they like learned something from you and they felt compelled to write it down. They probably so, just, they
1: probably just think you're a waiter and they're
0: giving you a yeah. drink orders. I mean, I'm, I've always been like the, <laughs> the, the weird guy who is like taking the notes. So I don't really care that much, but I mean, I, I used to crush doing events like this. I, I would volunteer at all the ULI events in the past just to have the opportunity to be there. And I would always follow up with speakers, just giving them feedback, like really enjoyed when you said this and that, and you know, I really left an impact on people and helped me to kind of make a name for myself in the industry. So highly recommend that people do that. Um, introduce yourself to the organizer, get to know the organizer, people involved in the event. It's a good way to kind of look like you're part of it, but also um, they can point you in the right direction. And, you know, you can offer to do things, you know, maybe volunteer, see if you can help promote or whatever it is. And um, you go from being a person in the crowd to a person that the crowd is kind of looking at. You're part of the, you know, the, the, the core of the event.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we're literally doing this with our events, right? Dan, we're literally across the country, offering people the ability to become, you know, quote unquote champion, get involved in our events. And guess what? The people that are doing that are getting deals. They are now pillars in that community that they've started. So, and that goes to the next one, treat these people like your friends right I mean would you go up to a friend and interrupt their conversation or hand over a business card or you know come in and talk about yourself or brag about yourself and
0: then walk away
1: maybe So like (laughs) like a Kanye
0: West with like Taylor Swift thing like I'm gonna let you finish but take my business (laughs) card before (laughs) Um, don't be don't be a Kanye be a T-Swift I guess is the lesson there (laughs) Ask good questions as well. Actually, better yet, ask great questions. Um, one of the best things that you can do to communicate that you care in, in a lot of these situations is wanting to learn from people, and they get people get excited to to share, right? So ask them about stuff. For sure, and and with that,
1: you know, from great crush, great great questions, you want to share your knowledge as well, right? We we there's a there's kind of two mindsets that everyone's talking about today: the scarcity mindset and the abundance mindset. The abundance mindset always wins, guys. So share. Share your knowledge. Connect people well while well you're there. And you know, bring people together. Develop a sincere Nature of giving back to that community, and you will get
0: a major ROI from it for sure. And the, and consider the network of people as well. When you're meeting people, it's important to remember that if even if they can't help you directly, somebody in their network probably can. And on that sharing note, you can help them or maybe help somebody in their network. Like you're not just trying to take from people, right? Try and lead by offering value as well.
1: Love that. And and honestly, this next one may be one of my favorites on here. Treat connecting like a puzzle. This is something I've always loved doing. If you're asking great questions and you're really listening to people, you can consider how you can help those people. And one of the ways that I've been able to do that over over the years is you offer to make connections. Oh, you're looking to do this. Well, I have a friend that actually does that, or you're looking for capital and you want a person that's going to build ADUs. Okay, well let's bring you two together. Not only does that usually make you part of the deal, but those people just love you because you've connected them and you're now engaging and encouraging both of those parties to actually make something happen. So those people will love you for it. And the chances are there will be some, benefits from it, whether it's being directly involved in the deal. You know, matchmaking skills are
0: huge. Yeah, the next one would be don't be a, a spammer. And this goes for any type of marketing, but don't be a card spammer at a at a networking event. And I, this works real well for me because I don't even use a business card anymore. I literally just have a QR code of my uh, contact on my phone. So if somebody scans it on their phone, it literally makes me a contact in their phone. If you want to set that up, just like Google uh, contact card QR code. And it's very easy to set up and it's free. Um, and then, you know... You kind of have a conversation, and you know, it's kind of like courtship, perhaps back in the day, right? As many many of you <laughs> might remember, but you get to the point where you know it's worth you staying in touch, and this individual can add you as a contact to their phone, so that if they need to contact you about whatever you're chatting about, it's all there. Yeah, great call, Dan.
1: Next one is be specific. Um, this just basically means don't go and be like, so what do you do? I do I do real estate. I help anybody do anything. You know, I'm I finance whatever you yeah, want. What do you need? <laughs> like what do you need? I can do it. You know, I'm sure some people can do a lot, but the more specific you can get, the more likely you are to get a deal out of it or find people that specifically need what you want. Then once you've gotten there, you can develop that relationship. Hey, by the way, I do X, Y, and Z other things, but pick what you're best at, pick your leading, unique selling proposition and focus on that and focus on matchmaking with people that, Are actually going to respond to
0: that for sure and then ask ask yourself why people should care what you have to say or what you're saying you know craft your conversations accordingly and always try to create value as I mentioned you only have a short time to make an impression so and and you only have one chance to make a first impression so try and make it favorable for sure this one I, I love as well be
1: engaged I know it sounds easy to do don't be on your phone when someone else is talking when you're standing in a circle don't be on your phone Keep eye contact with your conversation partner. I can't stress that enough. It always makes me think for anyone that's ever watched The Office when Dwight is yelling at Jim to meet his eye line. Meet my eye line, Jim. And, and it it rattles people when you don't look at them. They feel like you're not listening or like you don't care, or maybe you're better than them, or what, or you're too intimidated. But literally, eye contact
0: is key. For sure. And uh the next piece is do not kind of like work the room. Again, it's not like a quality thing. It's not a product. Don't productize or commoditize relationships. Just focus on making a few solid connections. And I, this is like, I always find that if I go to these kind of like events that are intended for networking, I end up just like shooting the shit with one person or like a, forming the small group of people that's just talking for like most of the time. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, sometimes those connections are, are the ones that you want. Right. So there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do decide to, Move around and, and, you know, a lot of little circles form. If you want to join another circle, don't be afraid to join in. And that's the last of the official rules is don't be afraid to join in. But when you are trying to join into a new conversation, wait for a natural break to introduce yourself, and then do it properly. Introduce yourself to the people in the room. Have an elevator pitch ready that doesn't sound like an elevator pitch. Hey, my name's Nick. This is what I do. This is why I'm here. What do you guys do? How can we work together? Just just keep it chill, just like Ben, ben Stiller said. You know, be yourself. That's what's really cool. Now, I do have one bonus one here, Dan. And funnily enough, you and I actually did this last time Without even really realizing it. And that the final bonus one here is find the bar. <laughs> and many of you are probably thinking, okay, well, I don't want to drink too much, or I don't drink, or maybe that's the first place I'm heading because I need a drink to, you know, loosen liquid uh, courage. Loosen up a little bit here, a little liquid courage. And whatever your preference is on drinking at events, that's not where I'm getting. Whether you're drinking or not, I always like to go and stand within let's say you know 10 20 feet depending on the size of the room to stand within eyesight of the bar because guess what that's where everyone's going to get drinks to put down drinks to order drinks for other people so if you're just someone that people walk past every time people usually end up congregating there anyways so and then hey if you are drinking you can offer them a drink and if things go really well who knows maybe maybe he'll even be doing a shot but not advising any of that power networking (laughs) anyways that is the 17 tips on how to network how to make the most of it um anything else before we dive over i shouldn't say dive or before we i guess we jump over to the interview with billy grayson from
0: from uli dan anything you want i think that's it i'm I'm really excited about this event and we had a great conversation with billy and um he really summarizes why we're excited for this event and what uli does the great work that they're doing in the space so without further ado let's get to it billy Thank you
1: for joining us today. Um, you are from ULI Urban Land Institute, which is a favorite of both Dan and I. We've been involved in different capacities for like a decade now, mostly Dan back in his volunteering days. I used to just come to the events, which is a lot more fun. Uh, and we still come to the events. But for those that don't know much about Urban Land Institute, its history, and, and more impressively, and I think more importantly, its reach. Maybe walk us through that and, and give us a little history and, and what you guys are doing, what the goals of the organization are.
2: Sure. So the Urban Land Institute is uh, the oldest and one of the largest cross-disciplinary real estate organizations in the world. And you know our goal is to transform the built environment and have a transformational impact on communities worldwide. Um, I also have been involved with ULI for a long time early on as a member and then now as a staff member. And I always found it to be a great place for, again, that cross-disciplinary discussion on how to solve challenges and make our cities better. So ULI is one of those few places where investors, owners, architects, engineers, land use planners, And the public sector get together to talk about real estate development and investment. So rather than just real estate investors talking to themselves and each other, you get to have a conversation about what makes good real estate happen and how do you build cities where people can thrive and prosper. Yeah, I
0: I love that. Yeah, I I do as well. And I think it's exceptionally, it, it speaks volumes because, you know, I mean, we've been able to create a relatively good audience of, Real estate investors, but we always encourage people to really lean into that cross disciplinary nature of real estate and how there are so many different interaction points and, and individuals who are necessary to, to make real estate successful and real estate investment successful. It's not just capital. It's not just real estate professionals. And so, um, you know, understanding that our audience probably is more a real estate investor focused group, why should... I know the answer to the question and I can I can inject some of my commentary <laughs> on this too, but why should real estate investors specifically be interested in attending ULI events and, and more specifically the ULI spring meeting that both Nick and I are going to be at this year?
2: Yeah. The ULI is a really exciting place to find out what's going on in the real estate development industry. I think one of our signature programs at every spring and fall meeting is the Real Estate Economic Forecast. It's a product that we do every year where we bring together the forecasts of more than 20 global real estate economists to get an idea, a snapshot of where the market is heading, uh, what is happening on a macroeconomic sense with key uh, economic drivers and factors and also what sort of deals are happening what the transaction volume looks like what markets are hot and um you know how the market is changing in real time yeah i love that i mean it's so cool i think i think the best thing that uli does is provide
1: that that umbrella understanding of of everything right i mean so many investors and and so many people just get so hyper focused in what they're trying to do which which is a good thing overall right because a lot of the other stuff is is just noise especially nowadays but sometimes you know with an org- organization like ULI you can actually get rid of some of that noise and, and really focus in on and build an understanding of what's important so and i mean you guys have such a reach not only in the interdisciplinary uh within the industry side of things but also on a geographic side of things you guys are across canada across north america and in in europe as well i believe right yeah uh
2: in asia as well Asia as well yeah i have to ask the team but i think we're uh we have chapters in at least 19 countries uh as well as 52 local uh district councils in the u.s and canada amazing amazing yeah
0: um so, one of the interesting parts I think that's sort of evolving around the real estate conversation, Canada being you know really a, a hot area for some of these topics is some of the social issues that that kind of climb into the real estate conversation or and the biggest piece around that you know in Canada we know is the excess demand for housing and almost a housing crisis happening as a result of that. and we can get. Into that kind of next, but beyond that piece, like what seem to be the major themes in in real estate and commercial real estate around the world right now that people are that that you know professionals and capital seem to be trying to solve. Um, What are the major themes that we're seeing happening in real estate?
2: Yeah, so uh, I think a lot of people are trying to better understand and forecast what the future of office will look like you know what what office properties are going to be valuable long term uh for the office properties that are becoming obsolete uh how can you reposition those assets to make them continue to stay viable uh economically in the future how do you diversify the mix of buildings in central business districts to keep them economically prosperous as the office market's changing uh, thinking about where and whether uh, conversion to multifamily is going to make sense in the office market. Um, those are some things that we're hearing our members talking about, as well as um, as interest rates go up, as liquidity starts to tighten, what are the market segments that are going to stay hot through this interesting and somewhat uncertain economic time we're in right now? Uh in our emerging trends report, we called this the the flight to quality and niche. So, how do you better identify what are the long term quality assets from an investment standpoint, given that the markets are changing? And then, what niche markets are important places to look to diversify as a real estate investor? Is that medical office or self storage or university housing? You know what what are these new market segments that are worth um, investing in? You know in a time where capital is tight and interest rates are going up
1: yeah it's it's really cool because you guys are also able to provide global insights right we're as canadians and as most of our listeners are, are canadians we're hyper focused it's what's happening in canada and it's the end of the world here we're in a recession maybe we're not interest rates are going up they're going down who knows but Being able to, you know, jump outside of strictly a Canadian perspective and have really a North American or or even global perspective, we realize that the issues that we're facing here are the same issues that are being faced across North America, in Asia, in Europe. And I I just think it sheds really, really awesome um, insights on what other people are doing in other places. And then maybe some of those things will work at home.
2: Yeah, Canada is on the global stage. You are a global destination for real estate capital and real estate investors. And you have capital that you're investing globally through your major uh, real estate investment arm. So the we're coming to Toronto because Canadian investors' decisions are going to have a global impact. And global capital wants to know how to best invest in Canada. Um, so it's really exciting to be able to have our spring meeting in Toronto to have those conversations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, maybe the last piece that we can leave it with is, and, and unless there's anything specific you want to talk about, about what people can expect to learn at at the ULI spring meeting um, is... You know the the state of when you talk about Canada, especially in Toronto, especially we almost have this this housing crisis that's continuing and not being solved by interest rates, kind of pushing things down. From your perspective, um, how can real estate investors sort of mobilize to solve problems problems like housing crises, but also you know things like um, the you know the opportunities in the office space, etc., or or to become a part of the solution? And and what kind of things to help us on that journey? What may, might we expect to learn at at something like ULI Spring Meeting?
2: Yeah, that's a really challenging and broad question. I mean, at ULI, we start with the premise that everyone deserves a house that meets their needs at a price they can afford. And for more and more Americans and Canadians, that's feeling further, and further out of reach. Um, in our in the US and Canada, in the 110 largest markets, more than 80% of them uh, have a significant cost burden associated with people uh, being able to rent or afford to service a mortgage uh, on a house that meets their needs or an apartment that meets their needs. There, there are a couple of reasons why this is happening, but the biggest reason is we've reached an imbalance between supply and demand. In the U.S., we're seeing an undersupply of 3.8 million units right now and growing between the need for housing in the most important markets and the actual availability uh, housing in those markets. So there are a couple of levers. Part of this is the cost of everything is going up, including capital. So the cost of construction, the cost of materials, uh, cost of labor, the cost of capital, everything's going up, which means that you have to target properties in a way that will make them even more profitable uh, when you put them uh, into use. At the same time, we're still facing a policy and regulatory landscape in many cities that makes it very difficult and very expensive to build the things that people want in the places that they want them. So having a really thoughtful discussion between the public and private sector on how to better design zoning, building codes, and other policies to help get the right stuff built in the right places in a way that's cost-effective and meets the city's needs is gonna be an important part of solving this housing crisis. We uh, at ULI do a lot of technical assistance programs where we bring uh, developers, investors, architects and land use planners together with public sector leaders to attack some of these housing development challenges. And we found that we're most successful where we find a city who's ready to make changes to their zoning code uh, or other regulatory policies But they also want to work with the private sector to figure out what changes are going to allow the city to get the right stuff built that's serving the parts of their population that need that housing the most. So these technical assistance projects have have been a real catalyst for cities across the U.S. and Canada to unlock housing production uh, and start to tackle that attainability challenge. Yeah that, I mean that's amazing I think that really goes back
1: to to I guess what your probably your mission statement is is or or at least embodies which is bringing those types of again the interdisciplinary people together right I mean bringing an architect and a developer and an investor and and a financer into the same room as as someone on the in the public sector who's like, you know, this is this is why these things aren't happening, to have all of those heads together to figure out, okay, how can we circumvent these things? What are the challenges that we're facing? Well, each one of those industries has their own challenges that the other industry isn't aware of. So to be able to bring those people together, you know, that that's huge. And and I gotta commend uh, ULI for for always being able to to do that in in a way that I haven't really seen Many other organizations do, or at least due to the scale and the, the professional level and the professional level of the people that you guys are bringing in. So, again, hat, hats off to what you guys are doing there. And, you know, as we start to see legislation change and as the crisis starts to get to the point where it's really you can't ignore it anymore um maybe some of these efforts that you guys have been putting in for a long time will will finally start to to take shape in, in in reality and and you guys can be part of some some pretty serious changes that Canada North America and the world seem to need right now
2: yeah i, I will add that we we do have these awards the Kemp and Larson awards through our Twilliger Center for Housing and we try and elevate up best practices in real estate development around housing but also best practices in housing policy reform and we've seen really great policy innovation from across the U.S. and Canada that's helping to unlock production to solve the housing crisis. So it's it's clear that public sector leaders see this as just as much of an urgent issue as the private sector that's trying to develop more of what people want in the places that they want to see it built. Love it. amazing. I guess we'll leave
0: it there. Are you good? Yeah. I was
2: going to say just, just to wrap up, maybe,
1: maybe a few quick words on what people can expect out of the spring event, which is a big deal because it has not been in Canada since the eighties and now it's being held in the world class city of Toronto. So what can people expect, expect out of this event?
2: Yeah. So before we got on live, you guys mentioned that um, understanding how to better network at events like this is really important. And ULI, honestly, from my perspective, is a fascinating place to network because nobody's selling at ULI. This is not a conference that has a trade show or where people are coming to make deals. But it's happening all the time. (laughs) So... Attending our forums and our product councils uh, and getting an invitation to those smaller, more intimate events to talk about different market segments and different parts of the industry is a great way to network uh, with other people across the U.S. and Canada who are working on similar challenges with leaders of the industry. There's a lot of great content and we have a great uh, member, member networking area where people can learn a little bit more about ULI's research on subjects like housing attainability and also talk with other people who are trying to learn more about best practices in the industry. Uh, And then we like to party. So there's lots of great dinners and receptions uh, and other opportunities for people to get together, um, either based on uh, where they are coming from in the industry or whether they're a young leader or an established professional. There's just a lot of great um, networking opportunities at this conference. And you know, even our tours are a fascinating opportunity to network. You can get together with people who share a common interest in a certain type of building or community. They're learning a lot about how to recreate uh, that sort of project, how those deals got done, how that community got built. And at the same time, you're you're talking with other people who are trying to have a similar impact in their cities, which is a great networking opportunity, too. So um, I, there's a lot of great stuff happening at the conference, and I would encourage everybody to come check it out.
0: Absolutely. Well, we convinced. look forward to being there. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Billy. Cool. Thank you all. All right. Great interview. I mean, I was already pretty excited, but extra excited now and, and really captures why ULI is kind of the best in the space at putting on events like this. Um, they bring a captive audience from coast to coast. There are going to be people like us, real estate investors, real estate professionals like us from around the world at, at this event. So we're, we're fired up to yeah. be there and- yeah it's an honor it's an honor to be there and it's it's funny you know
1: being there 10 years ago as a as a young guy in commercial real estate having no clue again being nervous going in with with sweaty palms and and you know my heart beat racing to now A decade later being to be actual a a contributor and and someone who's actively involved and it just goes to show that you know with not only with with time and hard work not only can things change but also with being a part of a network i can't stress that enough things change so much for sure and
0: I mean I think that the whole thing around this is like building your community building your tribe of people of mentors of people that you're going to transact with and I think that you know the more you can put yourself in rooms with and surround yourself with like minded people people you admire people you look up to people that are going to push you to grow because you see what they're doing and you want to do similar things the better off you're going to be so try and find those rooms that's what we're doing by going to events like this by going to events like the missing middle conference and it's what they'll kind of Opportunities that we want to create for our listeners. So we hope to see you all there. Um, remember, we do have a code for the ULI event. If you want to go Google ULI Spring Meeting, use the code TCI at checkout for 150 bucks off. Same thing for Missing Middle Conference, com Use code TCREI for 20% off at checkout. We'd love to see you at these events. We're looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Uh, you know the
1: only thing I'll add is is you know you might think now that we, you know we have the podcast and, and all this stuff that we're not actively networking and trying to find mentors and educating ourselves you are horribly wrong we literally look forward to this stuff this is how we grow how we learn and how we continue to better ourselves and to stay up to date yeah, if anything
0: it's probably supercharged it right like it, it makes 100% me, it, we need we, you know this is how we grow the podcast this is how we grow the network this is how we create value for our listeners you know we we're going going through those um, recommendations, it's like, think about the depth of our network and the width of our network. And that's through, through the podcast. How can we find ways to create value for our listeners? Maybe we meet somebody at one of these conferences that wants to do something that wants to create uh, a credit product to lend to investors like ours. If we can do that, we just landed something huge. So we're literally out there doing this every single day just to create real pl- practical applications for the network that we built.
1: Yeah, I and I, you know, your net, your life can literally change by meeting one person, by meeting the right business partner, the right person that's going to give you an opportunity, the right mentor. So go and actively be looking for those people. Take the seventeen steps that we uh, that we chatted about. Listen to Billy's part and apply them at every networking event you do, whether it's a coffee or
0: the spring meeting. And on that note, yeah, sorry, before, I know you want to wrap up here, but the one thing that's, that I think is big that we want to do is we want to be creating events like this. We've been talking about how when we've been doing them, we did one in Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, we've got these things going on. If you want help with the infrastructure to create a meetup group on your own, reach out to us. We've been doing it. We've been executing it. We have an events director who's coming on board to help us help these local groups start. They're a great way to make money. They're a great way to connect with the real estate investing community. And for us, it's again about building that network and we want to create the resources that we can have. Our vision is to have this like nationally connected group of real estate investment meetups, this framework of real estate investment meetups. So If you think that that's something that's missing from your local community, your local real estate investment community, reach out to us because this is a huge thing that we want to accomplish this year. We want to have a a meetup, a quarterly meetup in every major city in Canada within two years. So we, we need your help to do that. So reach out to us on that note as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. The Canadian
1: Real Estate Investor Podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Nick Hill is a mortgage agent with Premier Mortgage Center and a partner in the G&H Mortgage Group. License number 10317, agent license M21004037.
0: Daniel Foch is a real estate broker licensed with Rare Real Estate, a member of the Canadian Real Estate Association, the Toronto Real Estate Board, and the Ontario Real Estate Association.